0: My God! Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you now.
0: Yeah, I can hear you. There's a little bit of distortion, um, as Ooh. you can see. I got I got trash on this side, and then I have the mixer here.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you have a fan going?
1: Why is it going off? I just turned it
0: on.
1: <laughs> Tim Cook and his bullshit Apple products.
0: I tell you. So, I I was trying to to get fancy with our uh, arts calling but i really can't with you because i i think you know too much you know too much about me i can't i can't do that veneer <laughs> the veneer of artistry in any capacity i'm just like <laughs>
1: the veneer <laughs> yeah. the veneer of artistry like,
0: <laughs> like this well, if guy it ever
1: gets boring i'll just start playing with a slinky or something god
0: then, i i love you man it's so good to talk to you it's been like dude, like 2 weeks too. so i you have two options. I can introduce you as the heir apparent to My Hans God. Zimmer, or the bastard son of Hans Zimmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll do the I'll do the bastard son of of Larry Bird and Hans Zimmer, who was adopted by Daniel Stern. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that works. That's that's perfect. Actually, quite a resemblance. Uh, you're you're looking good with the glasses. Uh, did you get new
1: oh new glasses? Thank so I got these like a, a couple of weeks ago. We went to this, and I'm noticing my Daniel Stern hair. It keeps like tracking me. <laughs> what, yeah. actually, that now I'm gonna grow out my hair again. I don't know. It's who it knows? fits you.
0: It it suits you. I mean, you you wear it better than uh, Garfunkel, I think. Oh. For for a white dude, you you wear it better better than Garfunkel, <laughs> I think. All right.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll take
0: it. <laughs> no, man. But you know, I. I wanted to talk to you again, uh, and I guess we can officially start the podcast. I wanted to talk to you again <laughs> because you you have been such a an inspiration in my life. Uh, you're a key figure in my artistic development, and there's been very few times in my creative life where I haven't thought of you. And I said, "God damn, Dane sent me on the right path to something." Just because, to kind of recollect and go down memory lane, like I tend to you really kind of helped me figure out, oh, this is how you collaborate with people. This is how you can have an artistic conversation with somebody and get going on the right path. Uh, it, it always felt right when we started at Casper College. How do you feel about that? Like the time at Casper College when our artistic endeavors began, and then we can go back even further if you want, but you know, casper college being kind of a a big point in in our development
1: i mean i started like i started doing plays in theater when i was pretty young and so there was always like in the background there was always this thing of like community and and collaboration but you know with like community theater you're just kind of like putting up a play it's already written you know, you you kind of just go through the motions and, and it's all fun. <laughs> I mean, Casper College was the first time I really, I really saw, felt, and understood what collaboration was. Mm. Because not only were we doing plays we had, like, never heard be- heard of before or or doing, you know, new work or something like that. Um, we started doing these short movies. Right, and a right. full movie. Like we started, we started doing these projects, and we, and the moment, like I realized it was like, oh man, we're we're staying up till like midnight, one in the morning. <laughs> we still have five in the morning, and our teachers are still pressing us to do more of this. I was like, okay, that's what this is. Like, yeah. and that feeling of like, and it wasn't just that it was super fun because that it was that too. Like we were just having a ball, but it just felt like we were like all of our hearts were just on the same track moving forward. And it just felt like it was, we were growing something at the same time.
0: Didn't it feel like a playground? It felt like we were legit yeah. in the sandbox and getting stuff done. So, I mean, it, it was kind of a, a contradiction because normally when you're playing, when you're like mid play, trying to just expel express, be as, as true right to the creative mm. pursuit as possible you almost feel like you might you might get derailed you might feel like you know we're not getting anywhere just you know by virtue of exploring but it always mm. led to these really in taste, intense deadlines that we set for ourselves like i remember when we shot stillness which was a 20 minute short film about a serial killer uh, mm. well played by by one of our friends i mean you you scored that yeah. thing you you and kevin scored that thing in i don't know one night do you remember yeah it was it was about a night
1: i I think the only thing we had talked about was like a theme for the beginning because you know it was my first time ever doing something like that it was like (laughs) well what should we have the theme be and then i like came up with something i played it for you and you were you know you're i mean part of what makes you you like a director producer captain of Okay Idiot. My captain, person. Yeah, well, yeah, we're all we're all idiots though. So it's okay. Like playing it for you and just seeing your face light up and and be like, Yes, this is what I want. And I and then in return I was like, oh he likes it. Oh, my oh God, this is gonna be amazing. No, but, but just, like the the scoring thing at night, it was just like, yeah, it was just completely like that was the hard part. And then everything else, scoring the rest of it was just like, let's just keep having fun, let's keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just
1: like done. So having that. And to your first point about collaboration, like something that I've seen that kills collaboration is just that first idea coming out or that first thing. And it kind of being like shot down without even without even giving it something else. Right. And like dead. There's there's
0: yeah. Like to get rid of that bias, the immediate bias to say no to something or to have that hesitation, I think might be like one of the most important creative muscles that we can develop
1: oh for sure yeah oh and i you know and we were doing that so how old were we when we did that like 19 and then 19, 19 and then i went i went to chicago to finish my degree and do theater out there and then a few years after that is when i started like doing the improv and sketch and started second city stuff. And that's where I first learned about, you know, the tenet of improv of yes. And like always oh, it's right, like, yeah. Right. And we build on this, the fact that like you innately embodied that without any mm. education, on that, like learning that just innately. And like, I, you know, I was emailing you earlier about some music you were sending me. It's like your innate ability to like, kind of see these things, conceptualize these things. Mm. Like that's something you can't teach, you know, that think- that's something that some people have. And, there were, and the other thing about Casper was.
0: Oh, sorry, we was, we had a uh, an intro uh, an introduction. Uh, how's your cat doing?
1: Oh man, <laughs> Your cat's Sarah. in the back. No, perfect, yeah. perfect. How's she doing? The Ferg and Winston. They, hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's almost time for dinner, but not really. Like another hour, but they hey. start. Kind of, yeah. So yeah. they start. too agitated um i might have to step away feed him for a second but listen
0: dane i'm tired of your shit that's what they're saying (laughs) That i've had it they're like you
1: late ass bum and your stupid glasses (laughs) pretend pretending you do more than you do i don't know that's not true
0: (laughs) i'm sorry i totally Um, totally derailed this
1: no no if they come back up i'll i'll show one of them off um okay (laughs) So the thing about Casper was that it wasn't just like you and like me who was always doing this stuff and wanted to collaborate. Like the first thing we ever talked about was like writing a musical together. And we were like, do you like musicals? It was like, yeah. Do you want to write your own? Yeah. And we like excited. <laughs> but it wasn't just you and me. It was literally like, there was like 10 of us it, yeah. who were all like as being like, yeah. Speed like ahead. Stuff. And it was like, holy shit.
0: You came. You came from Billings, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How big is Billings? So Billings, right now, I think it's just shy of a hundred thousand, or just over a hundred thousand. Oh, but wow. it's, I think, it might have gotten pushed over now because of the pandemic, because so many more people are moving there. Sure. Um, wow. But I think when I left, when I'm when when I left Billings to go to school, I think it was probably like ninety-ish maybe Mm -hmm. 90,000. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's almost comparable to say Cheyenne, you know, but,
1: but less like Mm -hmm. Casper. Yeah.
0: So I imagine there was still kind of a community of of theater, you know, and a lot of that fun stuff going on when you were. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Luckily there was a community theater that was like less than a mile from my house. It's called billing studio theater. And I started doing, plays there when i was like eight or nine doing musicals and grew up doing plays with a lot of the same people and then started getting into like plays with like adults who were like doctors and lawyers and then they yeah, would yeah. moonlight like <laughs> you know as, yeah, a good as theater. and it was awesome like the 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 theater audience community in billings is really great too like shows would be packed would be sold out and people oh, like nice. going that's to the good theater support. yeah that's yeah so, so uh
0: I was going to ask you if you've been playing Schroeder since the second grade, was that really kind of, were you getting typecast? <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I do have to mention that you and I were in, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, for yeah. those who may not oh. know one of, one of our, actually it was our first play together. I was Snoopy and you yeah, were, well, yeah, you were Schroeder.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause we both weren't cast in Chicago. Thank God.
0: Oh, we got to tell them about Chicago. Right? So when we first came in, we were green and so eager to impress oh, yeah. and to be in that big <laughs> Chicago production. Yeah. I thought, "Hey, I come from this wonderful musical theater, uh, you know, experimental yeah. theater program in my high school of, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a population 12,000 people. I know what I'm right. doing." Oh so yeah. I, I get there in the audition and I make an ass of myself. A complete ass of myself. I was doing um, this hammed up uh, accent. Did- Horrific. 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 And then they, they were like, they needed a guy to read, right? For somebody else to audition. And I was still doing my stupid shtick. And they're like, okay, just just read. You, you don't have to do anything else. Just read. I, I what,
1: thought, were you, what were you doing? What were you reading? Or who are you? Oh, okay, first, who are you reading for? And what was this shtick you were doing?
0: <laughs> it's so embarrassing. But I was playing a cop of some kind. You know how they have like uh, a whole bunch of cops in Chicago who oh, are yeah. investigating and stuff? Uh, right. Maybe even Richard Gere or whatever, you know, the, from oh, the what's lawyer. The lawyer part. <laughs> I was doing like a like a throwback, like fifties cop. It's like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> no sense of context. I was just, you know, <laughs> completely out of my element. <laughs> so as you maybe. know, that's that's why um, my my dreams died very quickly. <laughs>
1: Dude, i'm gonna tell you i wish i oh my god i think i've got it here somewhere i think i might have showed it to you once but so my oh my god my audition i had to sing that um I, what's the character's name uh but john c riley plays him in the I movie
0: mr cellophane yeah
1: cellophane and i had to i sang the, i had to sing the song for the audition and I was so nervous. Mm. Like I was like, cause it was kind of the same deal. It's like, I came from a small, like private, like Catholic high school. So it was like, you know, there were 80 kids in my graduating class. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was like, but I was like, Oh, I can, I can handle this. I've been doing musical theater for a while. I, I'm confident enough. I, as soon as I step foot, like in the ante room before the audition, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, like, oh, no. <laughs> like everyone's taller than me like i was like where are these people come from of course they're like from denver and like all these other places i'm like oh my god i'm so out of my element so i i'm already way in my head and i'm like i'm like from the jump i'm like oh i'm screwed like this yeah, is going to go, yeah. you know and so i get in there and the accompanist starts and i kind of start singing and then i like get off somehow on the rhythm and I have to stop oh, God. and start over and I stop again. <laughs> and I was like, and I honestly think I blacked out cause I don't remember how it ended, but I think, I honestly think I might've just like turned heel like a Navy sailor and like walked. And like, oh my God. I'm pretty sure I called my mom. I mean, yeah, I'm certain I called her. Like I was like, didn't go well. Didn't go well. My dreams are shattered. My dreams are shattered. But anyway, <laughs> it led to a much better thing.
0: Yeah. And I, I do recall, you know, we were kind of bummed out for like a second, but I think yeah. immediately because we had that other audition coming up right away for Your Good Man, Charlie Brown in the fall, uh, I, I just thought it was just the perfect opportunity to, to pick ourselves back up. But when mm-hmm. Chicago premiered, which was right as we were going to begin our rehearsals, I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm when tom who was the head of our department this wonderful mentor for all of us this great yeah. larger than life persona who is a walking textbook of of theater and all of the wonderful things that we hold dear about yeah. the arts just a great mm-hmm. human being he sits us down and he knows that the show that just premiered was one of the greatest things that they've ever done as an institution right and he mm-hmm. wanted to tell us that without tearing us down too much you know to kind of tamper the expectations like
1: well and to and to also give context the guy who was directing chicago was a casper college alumni who was on broadway in chicago mm. like in the broadway show right I forget his name. uh um, kurt kurt, kurt Stamm, yeah yeah he was in the show on broadway and he i think he di- i think he directed and choreographed like the national tours mm. and i think he was in the show so it was like it was a big deal it was a big like, draw was, yeah like, the big draw like you know yeah it was and- like hey my guy's coming back to his home, his home court, and he's gonna put the show on, and, and you yeah. know the whole campus is like a buzz. All the theater people, yeah. are like, you know? and that's what we walked into. But yeah, back, right. and and and, um, and we
0: saw that, you know, but before our first rehearsal, we went to see the show. It was this, literally one of the best shows I've ever seen to this day. Oh it I, was, I, and we've seen we've seen Broadway shows. I mean, we went to Vegas. We've seen some of those as well. We, I mean, the caliber of performance that these guys were putting in are. Um, uh, i guess our colleagues right as students at casper college yeah. uh claire dominique they they were the leads in the show oh, they were wow. phenomenal absolutely ph- oh, yeah. phenomenal you know yeah. at 20 years of age 19 20 years of age ridiculous
1: and the theater the theater itself the physical space it's like an oil money school like right. dick cheney right was there it's like an oil money school so it was like a t- the whole theater building, I would they say it was like a 10 million dollar project that was basically brand new when we came in almost yeah, like, or yeah like, it had been old, around for,
0: for a little bit, but the the additions were new, like the black box yeah. and all that yeah. stuff oh, right. but it was it was sort of like a perfect storm where the funds were there, the talent mm-hmm. was there and and the excitement for these things was there. yeah we, we came in and we caught like essentially the apex of all of that and, and you we and the follow up:
1: <laughs> <laughs> You and I missed the boat <laughs> and cried on the shore all the way you and me with our <laughs> pencils in it our did, hands it did
0: feel <laughs> it did feel like we we were like you know in our in our swimsuits at the beach staring at the at the cruise heading down the ocean and we had to make do with this raft uh yeah. and we had to figure something out but then oh eventually God. you know like w- when tom sat us down he said that is that is the greatest production that's been up on that stage. He didn't mince words. That's what he said. But he also said to us, you're doing something different. You're doing something completely different. And this is not a competition in that regard. Mm -hmm. You will be able to fill this space with your own magic, your own drive, your own, um, abilities. And we were there for the reasons that we needed to be there for. I mean, right. it was super, super inspiring. And it really did lift us up because I think, you know, I'm, I was never a professional actor. That's, that's not really like my track, but I began as an actor, as a student there. And I really feel like to this day, actors, you know, they have a rough go at it because it's just constant rejection. It's the constant right. beat down of. You know what are we going to do next to impress to be a hundred percent? And sometimes we need to realize that our role, if it if it doesn't come to us, we have to create it. Especially now in this day and age, we have to just make it happen. But we were blessed in that situation where our audience was different than Chicago's, and we had to make the best with what we had.
1: You know what? And you know, if it wasn't for Tom's like his huge heart. Oh, in yeah. his field of the arts, and like fo- not even just the arts, but fostering young people in the arts. Oh my god! I mean, look yeah. back. I, part of me thinks we didn't take a second of Casper College for granted, yeah. and then another part of me thinks I took it completely for granted. You know, oh, do you, know you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. we definitely made the most of those two years, but part of me is like, oh man, like there was so much there, and maybe that's kind of that melancholy, like looking back and having no regrets because I have no regrets. Oh yeah. Yeah. But but you
0: wish that you could be in that kind of incubator space for another year, you know, like as a three year thing, that would have been it. I mean, I, I would have been set. I would have been a
1: four year program. Like, yeah, it would just would have been, it would have been just stellar. Well, it's funny you mentioned the uh, audience thing. Like the audiences were different. Yeah. After a show. Um, it was like the next day, my cousin had come in cause she, at the time, uh, my aunt and uncle and her, they lived in, um, Cody mm. and she drove down with a friend to see the show. Oh, really? Uh, Asper. And the next day we went to breakfast, I think at flying J I think, <laughs> or there, but it was near like a Walmart. So I don't know if the flying J is near Walmart, but, um, Perkins, we went Oh, Perkins, that's probably Perkins. What yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. What so we, but we went to Walmart afterwards because she had to get something before she left. And so we were in line, got done, and we were going to say goodbye, and she was going to drive back to Cody. And all of a sudden, I feel a little presence like next to me, uh-huh. like a little too close. And I was like, what the hell's yeah. going <laughs> And so I turn and look, and it's this like kid and his younger sibling. Mm. So it's like two very little people. And the older one goes, were you in, were you in Charlie Brown? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. And he was like, can I have your autograph? And I was like, what? <laughs> that was the first time that happened in my life. And oh, yeah. it hasn't happened. Yeah. It hasn't happened since, by the way, like, <laughs> you know, besides like red checks that bounce, but like, that's, <laughs> that's it. Like the, I couldn't believe it. I was, you know, yeah. I was 18 or whatever and and just this kid who was like looking up, and and I was like feeling that thing because I remember that feeling of being like, "Oh, we're not as good as Chicago. It's not mm-hmm. as grown up. It's not X, Y, and Z." It's the real theater, little-
0: theater, right? You you have that, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah right. and then having this little kid be like mm-hmm. so moved by it that he like recognized me. Not that I like looked that much different offstage, but like, <laughs> but the fact that he felt the need to like come up to me. Oh yeah. I was like I was like okay. So I was like there is and in that 18-year-old sense. I'm like okay, there is some importance in, in what this is saying. <laughs> I'll you
0: know? go I'll go brood tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. my brooding day, not now. I I'll will go, rejoice in this. Okay, but no, there that's what I'm talking about is that beautiful sense of connection with with m- someone that you didn't really think you could connect with you know, at first glance, it's a beautiful thing. And that's where we got that foundation for sure. Um, When did you like start making music? Like you, you learning the piano, when did that begin for you?
1: Well, so our, our parents kind of made me and my three brothers all take piano Mm. at like starting at like age nine. And then at the eighth grade, before we went into high school, they would they would be like, okay, you can either quit or go do something else. Mm-hmm. And all my brothers quit and chose to do sports mm-hmm. and, and because I'm the most like unathletic <laughs> one, even though I'm the tallest, it was like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm not. So I'm the one who kept playing through high school, but I, I don't think I actually started writing. I don't think, uh, well, I was, I would always kind of like improvise on the piano a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I would have to learn these pieces and it was kind of fun. Like I kind of liked learning it and I could appreciate it to an extent, but I would always find myself kind of trailing off and being like, Ooh, this sounds good. Beethoven. Have you tried this? Or like Mozart being like, Ooh, Mozart didn't think of this. You know, of course I wish those were recorded because I'm just sure they're like shiny stellar moments Absolute of- gold, man. <laughs> Absolute solid gold, solid gold shit. Um, but besides that, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever, I'm honestly trying to think, I don't know if I ever wrote anything really until Casper college. Oh man. What until, a, I, until I, because I don't think I had anyone to collaborate
0: bounce back. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. I had a friend who we wrote like sketches together and we did like speech and drama together and that was great, mm. but we never did music together Okay, and I never had that ping pong. And I was so used to that with him, my friend Cameron that I think I needed that. And so as soon as you <laughs> and I met, it was like, it was like, <laughs> said, right, we but gotta but
0: go. We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I got this bit, let's put this to this. And it was, so it was yeah. off from there. So I think it was, yeah, Casper where I first actually started.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was when uh, we started listening to Elton John, uh, most likely together. We're like, what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Elton John and Stephen Schwartz. And right. Right. Yeah. And, Wicked
0: was huge back in the day, back when, when we were kind of getting our, our, a groove on Dude,
1: there. quick sidebar on wicked yeah. like that was huge then still enormous now like yeah huge. like still huge and i think the movie's gonna gonna be coming out in the next couple of years so
0: yeah man that's that's gonna be a it's gonna be a huge Chuck- deal i mean low-key Stephen schwartz has been one of those folks i mean i didn't have the the musical theater education when i when i was a kid you know it didn't actually mm-hmm. exist for me until i got into college proper, but watching the hunchback of Notre Dame, and we've talked about this and we've like had deep discussions deep into the night about this, how powerful and how impressive that score is. And that writing that you feel yeah. like that shouldn't be a Disney movie at all. We we've right. discussed this, but that was the piece that made me feel like, you know what? This is a medium. When I was when I was ten, or whenever that movie came out, I was watching it as a as somebody doing homework. You know, you know what it felt like like you're you're right. actually like breaking yeah. it down. It's like, why is this so good, and why is this so much better than the rest? Like, that's right. the movie that's still musically like we watched it maybe a couple of months back with my son, and it was this just fresh feeling. It's still rocking. It's still good. Oh, man. There's that Stephen Schwartz with his beautiful lyrics there, but I think Alan Menken did. The score didn't he or was yeah yeah and, okay okay and, you figure. know like
1: a moment of um, you know those moments when you feel so validated in like your artistic choices or your yeah. opinion I because I remember we would talk about that and it was just like you know the dun, oh, and we'd like dork out about that <laughs> I then I came across this was a couple years ago but I came across a um a like behind the scenes thing on the hunchback and like, I think, a some sort of interview, I think it was an interview or a podcast with Alan Menken mm. and he said his favorite score and project is hunchback wow. you think, or not, not just favorite. Sorry. It, he said it's his best one. Wow. And that that's like his best thing. At, and yeah. I like, in my head, I was like, I was like, I knew it. I was like, it yeah.
0: I was like, it is. it's working out. That's right. That's right. You know what? Like every time we get hyped about something, it's like that meme where Schwarzenegger and Apollo Creed are like, like handshaking. No, oh, he's
1: wh- yeah.
0: is that Commando? No, that's Predator.
1: I feel awful. I don't know. I only know that meme right. from the two arms, but I yeah, don't it's know the what two
0: arms meme. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Right. But anyway, sorry, that's that's super digressing. No, but yeah. you, what I love about that particular writing the let's talk about the writing just specifically Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it is threading the needle so well because you you're writing for an for a young audience Mm -hmm. but you're conveying these really complex ideas of of faith of temptation i mean all of frollo's like through line is just complete fucking bananas i mean how is that in the children's movie but they make (laughs) it work they absolutely make it work and i i just think like this day i'm I'm just thinking yes it shouldn't have been made but it did get made and that's how they did it
1: yeah I and mean, it got just, made really well yeah and yeah i mean yeah. And,
0: and i i do feel that like at the end of it it kind of falters a little bit but the music and the lyrics don't i mean the, yeah
1: the, uh, i think yeah i think there's the the whole thing you know they're adapting it from this huge novel <laughs> you know that, and there's always so much you can
0: yeah and it, it did have to have the happy ending i mean you you couldn't make you couldn't be faithful to the ending of the of the original piece but that's that's really cool to hear i mean that that was one of his favorite ones or yeah. his his proudest he, moment
1: when, yeah basically his proudest moment and i was like yes alan
0: yes yeah, it was said, yes alan they sh- that should have been <laughs> yeah. They, they, they made a hell of a duo. Uh, I don't know that they worked again after, did they, they like Steven Schwartz and Alan Mencken. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Ooh, well, cause I know like it was Pocahontas mm. and then hunchback, but I, I mean, they did like the hunchback, the, the show, yeah. the stage show they did like a couple years ago. They worked on that together, but yeah, as far as like a, as far as like a movie, mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know if yeah. they did anything like that like original. Yeah.
0: Right. Do you feel that you had, okay, so you had a really long span of comedy work, like working at at Second City, doing that kind of work. Can you tell me what your your job in the touring company was?
1: So my, so technically I was a music director, Mm. which like it involved more like just running the audio of the show from the piano doing some, you know, improv piano for like some games songs and then doing like original, like sketch songs. If an actor wanted a, you know, wanted a song written, I would write it with them, you know, and then I would do some sound design stuff. I kind of came into it. I, I was used to joke to myself. I'm sure I said it out loud once or twice, but I would be like, I was, I was reliably mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna be a yeah that, i think that's the title uh, that i doubt that
0: i doubt that but um <laughs> but what <laughs> how long did you do that for you did it for a while
1: so that was about two i toured for about two years and then i did a stint on a cruise ship with second city for four months
0: mm. how so was i
1: that? So like working on a cruise. It good very, Lord. It was very interesting the first two the first two weeks were awesome and then the start of the third week i was like Oh, I have to do this for three and a half more months. (laughs) Because the first two weeks felt like vacation. Because you're just going to Bermuda, back to New York, back to Bermuda. So I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm living the life." And I was like, "Oh no, I'm stuck on this. I'm stuck on this metal (laughs) toilet for toilet for three and a
0: half months." (laughs) Toilet. Is it true that they don't let you eat from the buffet? They just like slap your hands because you're you're uh, the um, talent.
1: It was kind of a weird. It was a weird dynamic because we we were technically contracted by Norwegian cruise lines. Second city was contracted. So we were oh. technically like track performers. So we weren't hired individually by NCL. So we actually had, we still had to wear like the name tags, but we had basically all privileges. Like we had, we could eat at the buffet. We could, what? we could, nice. We could, uh, we could talk to guests. There was no commiserating. Yeah. Did guests, you ever slap
0: but, a guest just for, for gits and shiggles?
1: <laughs> Gets and shiggles. <laughs> no, that reminds me of the Conan bit when he says tea many martini's." Drinking too much. He had one many martini's. Um, no, no physical. If you if there was a physical altercation, they would kick you off immediately. Yeah. Um, but we got to, we we could drink with the with the guests if we wanted to because mm. they wanted us to be like chatting with them. So it was kind of weird because we had some friends who were also working on the ship that maybe didn't have those privileges. So Mm. sometimes it might've been a little weird, but, and I I felt always, I felt a little weird about it on occasion. And, sure. uh, but so we, we did get to eat at like the, the, I guess you want to call it the, the guest buffet. Sure.
0: So, uh, when you were performing, did, do you ever feel like you have two modes? Like you have actor mode or musician mode, or is that just not matter when you're on stage for you?
1: on stage there is kind of this thing because my my only real professional music stuff was never it was never like in a band or like being a solo artist you know kind of feeling free up there Mm -hmm. always part of the job was like 50 percent administrative and 50 percent like i guess operational Mm. so i had it was involved with like technology so it was it was always like I had to make sure like Q lab was running correctly and mm. like troubleshooting if something happened in real time yeah. and make with like giving actors cues and playing. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't just purely musical. It was almost, it was almost like a technical musical role. So yeah. it worked different parts of the brain, which is, which was amazing, but it is a lot different than, than the actor. Just
0: pure, Purely a performer, right? There's a, just a combination of things. Did you ever have something go to hell? Did you ever have something that just wasn't working out or just a big mishap when you were doing those kinds of performances?
1: Like in a show or in my life? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. One of of each. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) Buckle up. Um, So a show, there would always be some weird, weird things on occasion, but that happens in sketch and improv shows, whether an audience is yelling out obscenities or... Um, one time we had the electricity go out. So we did a whole show. We did a whole second act that was just improvised because we didn't have any sound or anything. But luckily the piano was an acoustic piano mm. and audience members were had their phone lights on. <laughs> and, um, I should see if I can find that picture somewhere, but I, I took a picture from the piano and it was a bunch of audience members with their phone lights out. It oh, was kind of like awesome. a <laughs> stage a little bit. So we did like a shortened second act by like 20 minutes, half hour, mm. um, like that kind of stuff. There were there were a couple like real close calls where the computer like would freeze or something because this oh, was God. before I put a solid state drive in the laptop oh. and it was still now like spinning drive and but luckily it got rebooted but there were there were there were a handful of moments like my palms are sweating thinking about it now <laughs> where the computer's not working and it's coming up to a big cue in the show like an act one closer where there's like fireworks and bombs and car honks and like whales having sex and it's like all this stuff. It's, like, <laughs> I was like, none of this is gonna make sense if I grab a microphone and start going. <laughs> you know, I was like, the computer has to make these voices. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. So uh, I'm like, so that has happened more than once, and my, oh, my, yeah, my hands are sweating right now thinking about. It. But luckily, oh, it no- luckily in my whole time there, nothing happened where it completely derailed the show. Like it, nothing ever that big happened. Thank, thank God, because uh, that was that was always my first nightmare. <laughs> So I was always tried being prepared as possible, so that would never happen. Right,
0: anticipate as much as you can.
1: Yeah, and then (laughs) in my personal life, I think it was when I decided to quit drinking because I peed on a windowsill and (laughs) 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 threw up red wine in a humidifier. Oh my word! Yeah,
0: (laughs) but no, that's that's uh, interesting because we've talked about this before in terms of of how you you seem to have centered yourself and found a, a sense of of clarity and purpose in recent years and i'm I'm just very very happy for you in that regard but we oh, yeah and in, in some of the last conversations we had this last year I was just so inspired by you because you're mm. you're almost able to communicate creativity through a kind of spirituality which is something that I really I, mm. I kind of cling to you know the the way you approach it or the way that you speak about it at least when we've talked about it this last year was uh was very inspiring to me I have felt like it's contagious. So you've been helping me in that regard because I I don't want to say that I'm learning through your pity and fear, you know, like I, I'm <laughs> I was like, fuck. I'm I'm not <laughs> I didn't pee on the window, you know, so I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it's it's more yeah, about well, the, the way that you communicate the the fulfillment that you get from the arts, especially <laughs> now after some of the stuff that you've been through. Um yeah.
1: I mean, and that's, you know, and I, I know we hadn't, there had been that kind of period where we hadn't talked in a while. You know, we all are going off doing our own things Yeah. and all of a sudden I, funny enough, bringing back down Mencken, that documentary came out about his old writing partner, Howard Ashman, Yeah. and it was called Howard. And I, I watched it and I was just like, <laughs> my immediate thought was like, I got to call Hyman. You,
0: like, you got well,
1: it. You, yeah. And that, of course, you know, we started right where we left off a couple of years before yeah, then. is Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, where we,
1: it was like towards the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think I got that text from you and, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like it's, it's just incredible to pick up where we left off because I think that in terms of what we were doing as a, as a writing team, I felt like we were on top of the world you know it like oh, in terms yeah. of the process like everything was just really oh, yeah. organic and and very exciting and then we like you say we we go a different direction and you know it it takes a pandemic to just get right. people to to focus or or get centered in yeah. a way uh but i did appreciate that and i i did tell you thank you so much for coming to my wedding <laughs> yeah <you did. laughs> i really i like i felt you know you know what it is i i had this weird catholic guilt is like man, I, oh. I felt so distracted, you know, like, like yeah. when, when we got, I got, I got married and, and like all these awesome people came to my wedding and I didn't even send a thank you card or I didn't like, and I think about it, it felt like, like this thing that was just crushing me, eating me alive where I do that deal- Catholic
1: guilt is that Catholic guilt is so real, so real. <laughs> like I'm still dealing with it now, not with specifically it being related to Catholicism and the religious aspect, but like it bleeds into other parts of your life. Like I feel yeah. guilt about things that aren't even religious related. And I'm like, I can be like, Oh, that's guilt because it was instilled in me as a six-year-old. Right. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, yeah. a, I'm making my coffee, you know, at, at or whatever in the morning. And then I think of something that I did wrong 30 years ago. Oh yeah. I'm like, Oh, you filth. <laughs> you
1: <know? It's> like <laughs> You're like, look at you standing here. Boxers in your French press looking like a disgusting animal just pressing your coffee. I know I do that every morning. Not every morning, but like <laughs> but yeah, every, mornings, every
0: other morning. It's...
1: Every, other, every other
0: morning.
1: You know, it's like, oh my God. This going to fix anything. You sick pig. <laughs> and then I have a drink of it and I feel better. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it
0: does go away. It gives us about five to ten minutes of peace. Yeah. Uh Much like what we're trying to achieve with our art but it it really comes yep. better with coffee
1: mm-hmm so
0: Agreed. uh, <laughs> uh it's a, it's a, man I'm glad hey we're we're getting through I mean, I thought that we'd be laughing the whole time, so at least we're we're covering some yeah, stuff we're
1: covering some stuff <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah no um, i didn't want to be I didn't want to be too just dis- too distracting to you, taking <laughs> off the rails I was like, okay, <laughs> he's trying to accomplish something here, so I want to help no no but i, I mean, i'm I think this time.
0: is. This is good stuff uh you you wouldn't be one of my favorite people if you just didn't light up my life i'm I'm just <laughs> incredibly incredibly happy to I, I get to talk to you uh, but now we're you know I know that you're getting back into the uh the scoring, and some of the samples that you sent me in in recent days were just amazing, and I'm so excited i'm gonna link your website to to the description of the podcast so that um folks can hear. The awesome stuff that you're doing, I really see you composing with your eyes closed, just being in the moment, because that's what it—that's mm. the picture that I get of you composing the stuff that I heard. It's very moving, very intense, very. Uh, I think my eyes are
1: closed. Because I don't want to see the garbage on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look like, look like crap. <laughs>
0: it's like, yeah, yeah. But now you have to transcend that Catholic guilt, and you have to accept that you're better. a goddamn genius. And I'm—I'm I'm really not. Overselling <laughs> Dane's ability here uh one of the one of the biggest appeals for my my wanting to just collaborate with you some more is just that I think we have grown so much as creative folks. I think that in in my writing i I have reached a point where some of the other areas of my creativity are just not at the level where I would want them to be, but when I mm-hmm. work with you in in terms of the musicality that you have, the way that you are able to Take what I've written, and and just add that other layer that transcends that that allows the work to just be bigger than the parts is very mm-hmm. inspiring and and very just very cool. I mean, you're you're at that level where you're just a badass now. And uh, case in point, this last thing that we are are still kind of working on that short musical that we started last year. Yeah, you sent me that song, those lyrics that I had had been sitting for. I don't know, maybe two years or something. And I was like, Hey, maybe we could do something with this, sent it over. And what, what was it like two days later, you send this masterpiece. I was like, oh, it's, just, it's just uh, you know, a little rough draft. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And you, you captured something that inspired the rest of a script. So I got to thank well, you for that. Back, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, it goes back to what we started talking about at Casper college. It was like, I, you know, in this, this is a whole other thing but it's like we had talked about this in a lot of different discussions in the past about you know remaining true to ourselves as creativ creatives and what does that mean to like keep creating no matter what kind yeah. of just cre- and creating creating yeah. and i felt i found so with all that i found myself in a rut for couple of years because I was like I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm doing I you know that whole back and forth of like I don't know what I'm doing with my life artistically do mm-hmm. I want to go this in this direction but you just sending over those lyrics and like just having something you've just kind of been sitting on for a couple of years and hand it over it, like it was so easy because it's like your words just were like oh there they are just mm-hmm. like they were 10 years ago yeah. you know it's like oh they're still just there and it just like they're just conducive to that like it, it wasn't it doesn't feel like work when you're reading your lyrics, you know? And I think that's what made our working relationship so good. Is like, we never felt like we were, we never felt like we were had like pulling teeth or like working real hard. It was just like, it was just kind of kept building little by little. It was this and
0: this. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, it also comes down to a, a level of respect, right? Where I think that whenever you and I work on something, I know that, my, my vision is one thing, but the collective, when, when you and I are working on something, we're working toward a collective vision. And that's something that I think is an acquired skill that a lot of younger folks who are kind of getting started on this sort of thing need to be aware of that. There there's a time and a place when you have to be true to your vision and you have to be steadfast in what you believe and what you, things should exist as a work of art, right? But when you're bringing other folks into the fold to be a part of your pursuit, it's like you got to open up, man, and you got to see where the ideas are coming from and how this thing is going to be transformed. Because in Mm -hmm. essence, right, one thing that you contribute at the beginning can hopefully be the foundation for a lot of other folks to come in and just make it bigger, make it more expressive and more true, right?
1: Oh, amen. That's why you're the
0: boss, dude. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> that's, <not> why. Enough. <laughs> that's why
1: you're the boss, man.
0: Uh, now, now we just got to finish that musical. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be pretty I mean, exciting. we're almost there.
1: I mean, I'm just... You, I'm, need, I'm, you need
0: one song. And I not, mean, I I got Becca it. on standby. Uh, my friend Becca, who's a, a voice actor, I told her, uh, I think you should just play oh, this great. role. So, so we got one, and hopefully we can get uh, a couple of other folks. Yeah. And, Dude, you you did something crazy too when we were doing this other project that's still in the works, the Prometheus project.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just got to give you props because this this is such a crazy thing, too. I have this old song that's been sitting for about, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years. Send <laughs> yeah. it over to you. And you transform this thing. You you just make it blow up. It it blooms. It absolutely blooms. That when you send it back to me, and again with with a, a pure sense of modesty, you're like, this is just a a, a demo. It's just a, a draft, you know, tell me what you think. And I get, <laughs> I get this expression of humanity in this song about a robot that I, I, I did weep the first time you sent it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just thinking, how, how does one take a work that doesn't belong to you? And then you transform it and make it something that is so uniquely you. I mean, I, cause I, I think there is a, a talent to that. Can you, tell me about what that process is because you you play other people's music too but in this particular case with arranging like how how is that process for you
1: well i think from like a technical aspect it's more it's basically like listening listening to the original material and kind of slowly kind of i mean and it also helps that i know you so well like as an artist mm. so i can kind of put myself in your shoes in some aspects like i don't know mm. like i don't know where your ideas come from or how you put them on paper and I'll never know. Like that's your that's your brilliance that you bring. The toilet. But I can, I can be like, okay, the what? <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> I'm sitting on the can <laughs> when I come up with it. Just FYI. Um,
0: that's why I wear gloves when I you know take my phone, just in case. <laughs> just in
1: case. <laughs> um, so I kind of just put myself like in your shoes a little bit and I kind of, I, I just listen to the whole thing and then I just kind of start listening to single parts. And then I'm like, then I kind of, it's almost like in my head, kind of wash away, wash away some of the instrumentation and and like the get to the core of each thing, which sometimes mm-hmm. could be the sound of a lyric. It could be the melody of that certain lyric. It could be the, the specific instrumentation of something mm-hmm. in that. And it sparks another thing. So it could be something, you know, like, oh, I, that that you know hi-hat or that snare you put in there i hear at this moment when that hits that's when we could have like some strings coming in like like pulsating like that's where i feel like a yeah. a new heartbeat starting and then it's like and then that's kind of where the imagination mas- imagination starts kind of working overtime. and yeah. i've got like my foot here so i have all like the i have all the instruments i can pick from and so i kind of just start <laughs> you know, you start playing, like you said, like the sandbox, it's like, Ooh, this, this, and then you're like, Oh, maybe not that. And then at that point, it's just kind of like an avalanche, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the idea is just once, once you start it down the hill, which is like my daily struggle as an artist, you know, (laughs) and I know, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people in general who struggle with it, but like artists who are like just getting that, getting that, getting that snowball started Mm -hmm. and, Having faith that it will grow, the more right. you the more you push it. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what it is. it's it's just extrapolating little ideas and slowly starting to build on it. And mm-hmm. then it's almost like a puzzle. Things start kind of clicking together. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I see how this connects with this. I can connect this to the end. I can connect this to the end of the middle. I know, Ferg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that, that was the most adorable thing. Like, <laughs> I see the doorknob behind you, and then I just see a little paw just reaching out oh. to try to open
1: it. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the sweetest thing.
0: It's so uh. funny. Oh, I can
1: the bathroom. Oh, I'm sorry, Ferg. Oh, yeah. Wow. The litter box How there, considerate.
0: Too. He wasn't even like, he was just like, please, Dane. please. Just
1: please. I'm gonna shit on your floor. Please open the bathroom door. So, uh,
0: I was gonna ask you, like, how insane this is that in, say, 10 or 15 years, the tools are now democratized for this kind of work, especially with what you're creating and uh, a lot of the plugins. And, and like I'd mentioned, like, I got uh, a MIDI controller just recently, and it felt like my mind was about to explode from the amount. Of tools that are at our disposal Mm. now to create something, do you feel overwhelmed by this, or do is there something that centers you when you create something using these tools? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's um, it's we were talking about Hans Zimmer at the beginning. Like he's kind of like the film score grandfather when it comes to samples. Like Mm. he started back in the '80s, like collecting his friends' music. Like they would play notes, and he would sample them. Mm. and now it's like in these massive libraries these you know 100 gigabyte libraries of like basically a whole orchestra just in a box and you can make it sound pretty pretty basically like the real thing almost Mm -hmm. and um it it can one thing where it does get overwhelming is that thought of like oh this is accessible to literally everybody now Mm. and your only your only um, barrier is yourself <laughs> like right it's like now, now you have no excuse because it's out it's out for everybody like anybody can do this so you're really only holding yourself back and so when I get into my head about that and I see like this template with all these like instruments and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like oh Oh no! There's an infinite amount of possibility, and then that's just overwhelming, and it shuts you down. So it it can be, but there are some like tricks and tools, like you know, setting up templates with certain um, with certain sounds all preset, so you you're almost forced to write with those, and that in itself kind of creates a thing. I -hmm. I I saw this interesting talk that was about you know that whole concept people would say like think outside the box. Mm And then it was this person talking about instead, like think inside the box as, as like, as like you
0: restrictions.
1: Yeah. Setting restrictions. Like see what you can create in this box. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had always found that whenever there were constraints or limitations, that's when we seem to like break through Mm -hmm. and find something new. Yeah. It's when, like oh you can do whatever you want with whatever you want it's like that gives me nowhere to start you know that that's you know with like prometheus it wasn't like you you came to me and were like i've got this song about a robot what can you give me i'd be like (laughs) i I don't know a a bazillion different things you came with it you came with something that was so specific musically storyline like Mm. the song was done like you created this song and it was very specific so it was like That from that that could grow, but if you were just you know we're just like oh let's do a robot, and it's like what (laughs) like I don't know where's (laughs)
0: your where's your beep boop sampler like this is dog crap. (laughs) (laughs) This is dog crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, no, but I I can imagine it induces a degree of paralysis. But I do like that idea of just setting parameters just arbitrarily. It's like throw a tuba in there. Yeah, you know?
1: literally that's <laughs> and that's been something I've been trying to exercise as a muscle being mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't know what this is going to do, but I'm just going to give myself 10 instruments. Yeah. 5 of which I've never used. I'm going to see what starts. Oh, I love that. And then when you're like, "Oh, actually this would be great here instead of this." And then that's when you can start swapping out instruments, doing new stuff. Mm-hmm. But next like, the hard part's already done. You're already a minute in. Oh, for sure. Or, two hours in or whatever and you're like oh this idea is just like really moving me mm-hmm. and oh and the best so my favorite my new favorite quote is uh do you know who jacob collier is have oh, you yeah, ever heard yeah that so dude is
0: overwhelming his, speaking of overwhelming uh
1: talk about like a mozart mind like Oh yeah yeah a natural his natural ability is just
0: oh you know, my goodness
1: that, that born genius thing
0: yeah
1: um but I can his, hear him
0: laughing right now, like Mozart. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I he's so wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, but his, he was talking. He was doing one of his things where he, he writes and people are just kind of watching and he's writing in real time. And he uh, he was like follow follow the goosebumps mm. and I was like, that is so great oh, like that's a what great slogan yeah you know, what gives you like what gives you goosebumps follow that. And because there were a lot of times where I would get goosebumps about something, I'd be like, okay, that was nice. Now I'm going to try this other stupid thing. It's like, why (laughs) would I abandon that? Yeah, You know, why abandon that? Like continue that path. And so I've been really trying to live by that motto and being like, okay, how do I get myself in that place? And not just artistically, like that was the whole thing about getting this different day job was like this other day job, you know, was like, I felt it chipping away at my soul. And I was like, that's the exact opposite of chipping me. Right. I need to get away from that. And so it, it kind of applies to every aspect of life I'm finding and, you know, and, and you can't, you can't really go wrong with that. You know, it's yeah. following and, and like what that means, like follow your heart and it's like goosebumps are one of those things where you're like, Oh, it's a, it's a physical, That that's reaction. a
0: good barometer for good stuff, you for know, good stuff. The, gonna, the stuff that will translate uh, for sure. Hey, uh, what are you currently listening to that's inspiring you, that's taking your breath away or giving you those goosebumps outside of Jacob Collier?
1: So I actually just started listening again to um, Jimmy Webb. So because I always get, I'm always so fascinated when I hear a song and I like look it up, like an older song, I look it up and it's like, oh, it was written by this person. You're like, oh, who's this person? You look at that person. They're like, they also wrote this, this, and this. And you're like, oh, holy shit. Mm. They wrote all songs that were recorded by all these other artists, Mm -hmm. but listen to their originals of it. And you're like, oh man, it's so, it's so heartfelt. It's so, at least in the case of Jimmy Webb, it's so simple. It's just on a piano, Mm. but these songs are so deep and they're so rich and they're taken by the, these other artists and, and, morphed into something like that turned into a number one you know pop hit yeah but like his version of it on the piano it's just like it's so it's so innocent and sm- and like quiet and it's just yeah. it's just beautiful and that's kind of where i'm feeling in my life right now i'm just trying to like i'm trying to let let the tumultuous clouds kind of calm down a little bit mm. and so i'm trying to kind of be more in that space and see what kind of creativity can grow from from yeah. there instead of this go go go. Yeah.
0: So, outside of our awesome amazing projects that I can't wait to share with folks, uh, including our our mini musical and our poor Prometheus animated story mm-hmm. song. What are you excited to do? What are you looking forward to do in the future musically?
1: I think it, the music thing it's very specific, but I'm very excited to I'm very excited to now get back into my new routine because i had an old routine during covid but Mm -hmm. because i had so much more time yeah i was able to make a certain writing schedule now the past couple months that's kind of upended so my creativity in that regard kind of halted because i didn't have a i didn't have a solid um writing schedule so now i'm kind of in the early stages of being like okay what is it better in the morning now with these new hours or in the evening afterwards Mm -hmm. i'm starting to play with things like when i feel i can actually accomplish more and then starting like a half hour and then going up from there um so i'm actually i'm actually excited to to, i mean yeah start start again uh, you know it feels like kind of starting over in a way um Mm -hmm. but i'm excited to see what that will what that will bring you know
0: and so am I, man. I just can't wait for you to get into that groove again and start releasing work that is is really as true to you as as can possibly be. Because we need your excellence. We need your your musical gifts out there. And I, I'm just insanely proud to know you. And I'm in incredibly inspired by you every time. Every time uh, I talk to you, man. Every time we do something. Um, it's, yeah. it's really amazing.
1: I love you. Hi, man. I mean, I mean, you, man, and it's like it, the feel, feelings mutual and like talking to you does, it reminds me that creativity is about being personal and it's mm. about taking it personally and creating from that point, not from anywhere else. Cause from everywhere else, it doesn't matter. Mm unless it's personal to you and you, you embody that so well. And you're able to bring that out of people. It's oh, almost thanks, a, of and that that's a huge gift. And um, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's hanging out
0: with a bunch of theater kids. That's that's what it is. They're, they're easy gets.
1: That's true. <laughs> that, that's very <laughs> but, true. Well, so snappy. But,
0: but realistically, let, let's do this. I want to kind of chat with you a little bit more, but I, I want to close up the podcast here real quick. Can you give me, um, A couple of reasons why, and we've spoken at length, and we've had philosophical discussions about this, but in terms of what the arts can do for communities, what can arts do for the soul? Where are the benefits of this, and why do we need to have them in communities like the ones where we came from? Why is that important? I think... (laughs) (laughs) To keep cats entertained. Keep cats entertained. That's number one, actually. Uh...
1: (laughs) <laughs> um, I think, um, as far as, I mean, I, th- I think soul and community are, are just so intertwined. Cause like community is just basically a, um, an extension of the soul in a group of people, you know, and you mm-hmm. feel that when you're in a community of, of, of like-minded people, of not like-minded people who are coming together for a bigger cause, you kind of feel that soul growing there. And, I think creativity is that is that is what the soul creates that you can't you can't really express you can't you can't truly understand it you just feel it and you and 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 that's true for everybody around the world like Mm -hmm. whether they're creating it or not when something creative hits them and they feel it that's when you know it's real and they don't have to think about it's like it's like, oh, does this mean something to me? It's like, no. Does it make you feel something? <laughs> and you see how that you see how that grows people and that grows communities and it starts movements and it, you know, not to get too hyperbolic, but it like it topples <laughs> it topples regimes. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's so powerful, and it's such a powerful thing that you can't physically touch. Like you can't. You know, you can touch an artwork, but as soon as someone sees it or hears it or experiences it, it's inside you. And that'll go with you to the grave. Mm -hmm. And but everyone has shared it. And it's I mean, it's the closest thing we have to magical powers as humans that that we have this ability to create something out of out of seemingly nothing that means so much to us as individuals and as a community.
0: Oh, that's outstanding! I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, man. I I hope we continue to make amazing work, and uh, we'll pick it up uh, here at the end of the year. I'm hoping that we can have some work out there. But for anyone who's listening who needs scoring services, you need to call this guy right away. You need to call Dane oh, immediately.
1: Love, yeah, and to, what, what's your love, website? It's DaneHalversonMusic.com, and I've got I've got some tracks up there. A little sound design stuff that people can listen to, and then uh, yeah, just hit me up on the contact page if um, there's any projects you want work worked on, little, little, little or big, anything in between.
0: You'll so. laugh, you'll cry, and you'll have a hell of a time. Amazing, amazing talent, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, man. I'm gonna stop the podcast, but let me chat at you for a. So little
1: anyway, Q and Here's why I think it's. Real. <laughs> oh wait, you said the podcast is. We're done, still right?
0: recording. We're oh no. No, no, no. No, you're ruined. This is it. (laughs) Cancel. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Here. Love you, man. Talk to you soon.